Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're here to talk all about episode 11, a brief reminiscence in between cataclysmic events. That is a mouthful of a title. Buckle in because this description is, gets pretty long in the tooth. So Clark makes a startling discovery about Morgan Edge. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and is that even really true? Uh, I feel like if any, so, if that was pretty accurate for the last episode, um, I don't know. We'll get into it. I feel like if you flip the names there, maybe it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Either way, uh, directed by Gregory Smith, written by Brent Fletcher. We'll give much more details on what actually happens in this episode. But what did you think about it? Um, they did a, they did what I thought they were going to do. I think we talked about watching the promo last episode. Um, but in a slightly different way than I thought they were going to. I'm being intentionally vague, but um, it was I enjoyed getting to see a lot of the flashbacks and Clark and more context around his and Lois's relationship. That, that was really great to see. Yes, they were. It's really a tale of two episodes here. There's yeah. the main thing, the main first two thirds of the episode and then the last third of the episode. And they loosely tie together. Uh, narratively and everything they fit in there the season-long arc and everything but the the first two-thirds are my favorite stuff that this show has done by far i absolutely yeah. loved it smiling the whole time i thought it was all great I, I have very few complaints very few nitpicks when we talk about it i'm just gonna be like yeah that was cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember when Craig did that yeah and then lois said this yeah that's cool <laughs> that's my analysis and then the rest of it was kind of like the season more focused on the season-long arc and it's kind of like Okay, we'll see where this goes. But the first two thirds I adored and easily, like I said, my favorite stuff. I wish those 24 to 27 minutes were spread out over two, three, four, five episodes and we got more of that, uh, more of the backstory, more, more of the flashback stuff. Uh, but we didn't, probably won't. Um, yeah. So uh, jumping right into it, we, we start out with young Clark searching for the fortress um, in this this looks like it's picked right back off where one of the other flashbacks we had in the earlier episode is Clark leaving Smallville behind to go do this, to take his crystal to trying to, to find out more about his Kryptonian heritage, which he doesn't even know about Krypton yet. Yeah, the teenage Clark. I had rewatched The Best of Smallville just because mm -hmm. I had a feeling maybe that would tie in. That was episode five where we saw the flashbacks with young Clark and Martha and he decides to go off. And yeah, it does kind of, you can watch that and then flow right into these scenes here with it works really well uh, going into that, into the young Clark. He, he leaves with the crystal in episode five, and now we see where he goes north somewhere. And he's, he's giving up hope. He throws his crystal on the ground, and then we get to see what might be one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to, gotten to see with the fortress just creating itself um, in the middle of the ice. I, did you enjoy seeing this, or did you think it was kind of dumb? Yeah, it was all stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And a lot of this stuff we'll talk about is to Superman the movie, to Man of Steel, to Smallville. Um, and this fortress, I really like how the fortress was created. And it's as much as I like the Superman the movie, Smallville fortress with the ice crystal type stuff, I like how this one is kind of hidden. And I thought that was yeah. a really cool design for it. So it wouldn't be if you flew over it, you wouldn't necessarily be like, well, that doesn't look earthly. Right. Yeah, I really like the design of this fortress. And we see him get to meet Jor-El's hologram for the first time and explain about Krypton, his powers, how he gets them, how to use it. And we don't really spend a whole lot of time with young Clark. He, he's learning using his powers and quickly morphs back into Tyler Hecklin, uh, obviously younger than we know him, but uh, we've got Tyler Hecklin for the rest of the episode now. 
yeah, they really condensed the origin story here. Like I said, I would have loved to have seen it play out longer, but I get why this is episode 11. This isn't the story they're telling. They want to kind of rush through it for people who already know it and give a brief backstory for people who don't. Um, but that was a really cool moment with young Clark running, and then it turned into Tyler Hecklin, and we see the passage of time. I thought that was really cool. And we, we see him fly, presumably, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then Jor-El tells Clark that it's time for Clark to leave and reconnect with the world and learn why he wants to save humans, why he wants to be their champion, he says. And this is, it's a bit of an interesting role for Jor-El to, to fill, to be the super positive on humanity, wanting Clark to, to be in touch with his human side. This is more kind of what I associate with the Kents giving to Clark, um, but it's still, it's nice to see Jor-El uh, being that mentor to him. Yeah. Um, it seems like he has good influences from both of yeah. his dads and both of his moms from what we've seen so far. Uh, Jor-El's not telling him to rule or anything. So I like that Clark, you know, when we left Clark, we knew he wanted to do more. Left young Clark, we wanted to know he wanted to do more to help. And here he figures out how. He trains with Jor-El. We don't know how long. I get the sense it was maybe five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less. And I don't know if he was there that entire time, but that's what it sounds like if he's going to reconnect with humans. I don't know if he got a degree online while doing that, a journalism degree online or something like that. But yeah, uh, I love seeing this backstory stuff. And we see him go immediately back to the farm and his mom, but I'm assuming some time has passed in between then. I think that is maybe when he went around the world and learned every language and connected with mm. some people. So I, I'm assuming there's a little bit of time in that, but the next thing we see is him back at the farm with Martha. That's a really that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, more modern Superman origins have had where he goes around and maybe he did go to college and that's his first time back to Smallville, although you think he would have visited Martha at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but going around, again, talking about Superman birthright, where he goes around, he's kind of studying the world, seeing different cultures. And Lois and Clark, the TV show, did that where he had been around the world and met lots of different cultures and became a student of the world in some ways. Yeah. And he he tries to meet up with Lana and reconnect with her, but he sees from afar that she's engaged to Kyle, so he gives them space and doesn't uh, reconnect with her. Yeah. And the uh, did you notice the Talon there? It's not the Talon, but whatever their movie theater is, they were playing a Harry Potter double feature and nice. also Friday Night Lights. So that kind of gives us a timeline if it's similar to our Earth. Right. That would be... 2002 or later when there had been two harry potter movies out and based on the computers here and everything probably very early 2000s that's a that's a good catch i did not notice the movies that were playing there uh so clark goes back to his mom and martha shows him the costume that she's made for him because she had a dream that he was flying and that he needed a cape and so this is that that very first costume and we we get they slice in some of the footage from the pilot of him catching the pt cruiser and the kid asking about his costume. Thanks. My mom made it. So it was, it was cool to see that. And they didn't rely super heavily on like bringing a bunch of, it wasn't like a clip show from a sitcom or something mm-hmm. where it's just a bunch of clips from old episodes, but I liked that. And then there's even, there's more footage around it that gives context to those things we've already seen. Yeah. Before this episode, my favorite stuff was the first three to four minutes of the pilot where they, where they had that history lesson type thing. And this is basically that spread over 24 minutes or so. And so I really, like that, and they did a good job of weaving it in. I went back and watched uh, the, that opening scene from the pilot, and it looks like they just used that footage. They didn't reshoot any of it, mm-hmm. but they did a good job weaving it in, like even matching where Tyler Hecklin's facial hair 
length and everything like that. And we get to see Clark apply at the Daily Planet. Perry White's reluctant to hire him, but does. Clumsy, bumbling Clark. And Clark meets Lois. Shows, she shows him around the Daily Planet. We've seen most of this all before. Um, but Lois is upset that this new hero is dominating the news when there's other stuff going on. And the thing she's um, focused on right now is this guy in metal mask and trench coat who is a neo-Nazi terrorizing people. And he's kind of fallen through the cracks as everybody's obsessed with this metropolis man. Yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting angle to have Lois not really care about Superman at all. Yeah. Or maybe she did, but she was focused on more real world problems. Um, and that was cool. And that's why... I like them being reporters and love seeing that reporter stuff because Superman kind of focuses on these big issues that only he can do. But Lois and Clark as reporters can tackle these smaller things that they, that they need to investigate that they can't just use superpowers to, to wipe away and to bring truth and justice to. So I, I love how that was done and everything there. And it really does help tie in with the fact that Lois falls in love with Clark before she falls in love with Superman. She is pretty indifferent about Superman, doesn't even like him. And so it's, it's really cool to see that Lois loves Clark for Clark and his his humanity, not just because he is like the most powerful creature in the universe. Right. That's a little different because even in modern tellings where Lois is, falls for Clark and not Superman, usually she has like this initial infatuation right. with Superman uh, and then ultimately falls in love with Clark where here she was just almost straight up bored with him. Yeah. So it was interesting that they did it. I kind of I kind of liked it. So we we get to see a montage of Clark and Lois investigating and becoming friends, kind of falling in love with each other. And I think they they're getting people arrested, so they're they're making an impact with their mm-hmm. reporting, which is it's always cool to see them work together. Um, and they're they're having a little conversation, and Lois is trying to get Clark to stay, hang out with her some more. And Clark's gonna go home and watch Seinfeld reruns and heat up frozen chicken nuggets. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he. Doesn't really pick up signals very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of missed the, the hint there. Um, no, they have such great chemistry together. Yeah. And this was this was fun seeing them. Kind of like young and innocent here where going back to their crossovers and everything, they had great chemistry and just kind of got to be fun characters. But they've been dealing with such heavy stuff in the show that we don't get to see their fun and playful side with each other. Right. And seeing that here was really fun. Uh, just seeing them have a good time together and... Uh, be themselves was a lot of fun oh yeah absolutely lois uh, does what lois does and she goes off to confront the bad guy uh by herself and he's got a flamethrower and superman steps in to stop him and and then has to take off some grenades and lois takes down the bad guy with a taser so again her and superman teaming up and lois can basically hold her own yeah pretty cool way for them to first meet uh if i had a nitpick it looked like that flamethrower was going around superman yeah. and could have got lois but uh whatever i thought it it was a cool way for them to meet and introduce each other to each other for the first time and this is the first sign that we get that maybe something is not right with these memories superman sees a flickering outline of a person and we don't get any more at this time but something's not right uh, but this is also where lois gives superman his name somebody asks who is that and she just uses that name yeah i thought that was cool that's kind of how my preferred way the S is the Kryptonian L thing. And then on Earth, they're like, oh, it kind of looks like an S. So maybe that should be Superman. Lois comes up with it. Uh, love that. And next, we get to see Superman giving a TV interview with Lois. I, I really, really liked this scene, kind of the, the back and forth between Lois and Superman and her trying to get him to maybe come off as not that great, but 
basically everything Superman says just makes you like him more. Yeah, and she's trying to get him to reveal everything, and he's being coy. Uh, fun, fun scene, kind of awkward when uh, they went to break, but yeah. still fun. <laughs> this is where Superman says he knows every language because he wants to connect with all of humanity. And yeah, and when Lois reveals that she's in love with Clark, and they realize that he has been listening. Well, he can't <laughs> not listen. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we we get kind of we start jumping forward more quickly. There's bigger time jumps. And so Clark and Lois are together now. They go to meet his mom for the first time, and she she loves Lois. And Clark reveals his powers to Lois, proposes wedding. These are these are parts from the the pilot that we've seen before. Yeah. Basically, extended cut of yeah. the pilot opening. And Clark goes to the fortress to tell Jarell about the wedding. And uh, this is where we get the biggest confirmation that something's not right. Jorel kind of there's a flash, and Jorel is screaming to to get out. Something's wrong. And Clark wakes up back at home and doesn't know what day it is uh, but this is when lois has figured out that she's pregnant and they keep flashing forward in time in these big jumps find out they're having twins they see the flashing outline of the person again and as he's having this conversation with lois he notices that flashing outline and starts walking towards it and then lois is still having a conversation even though nobody's standing there i thought that was a pretty cool way <laughs> yeah. to, to show that this was fake and pretty creepy yeah i like how they did that bitsy Tullock's just sitting there talking to herself did a good job with that. We just saw yes. her back, but that was fun. <laughs> so yeah, obviously Clark knows this isn't real now. He walks out and he finds Tal, Morgan Edge, standing there, and he knows everything about his family. That's that's what has been going on. He's got this device on his on his head. They they he wakes up in the real world and he's got this device on his head. And because he was weakened from the solar flare he did in the last episode, he can go in, look at his memories and his thoughts, and figure out all of his secrets to use against him. So yeah, if we we could just stop now and just enjoy for a couple minutes all of the awesomeness of the <laughs> this first part of the episode. That was it was really really cool to see all that, especially Lois and Clark, their relationship from the beginning and growing into a marriage and having children and everything. It was like you said, we don't get to see a ton of happy moments between them and goofy moments, but just because of what they have to deal with. So this was this was a nice treat. No, I I mean like I said, I'm just like yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> um, great condensed origin. Like I said, like that first arc with Henry Miller as the villain. Like I would love to see that play out over a few episodes and, and just explore that. Like I said, I know they're not telling that story, but I would just love to see more. It was so fun, so great. Um, definite highlight for me. I don't I, like. I really I don't have any analysis. I want to say stuff, but I just keep repeating myself. Like yeah, yeah, that's cool. What do you think of Perry White? Well, he was the same guy from the pilot. Mm -hmm. um, same actor. Did you have any thoughts on him? I mean, he was a he was a good classic. What you think of Perry White when you think of Perry White? Uh, he maybe a little bit nicer, I guess. A little. He was he's still fairly rude and brash, but he wasn't quite as intense as maybe some other Perry Whites have been. Yeah, I thought he was good. I mean, he just yeah. got the one scene really where he talking to Clark. Um, now that I think about it, but he was good. And I think that other reporter they talked to was Ron Troop. Really good to see him. He's a pretty cool character. Uh, from the comics reporter at the Daily Planet. I love that Jimmy was mentioned, Jimmy yes. Olsen. It would have been cool to see like a young Jimmy and a young Cat Grant or something like that. But um, And more of the Daily Planet, like I said, would love to see more of it. But uh, what we got, I really love. Yeah, I mean, I would love to just watch a show at this time period and with these actors. There is a show in this time period that already exists, and it's really good. I would just love <laughs> it to see with these actors too and modern uh, special effects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first flight, everything. Um, very Man of Steel. 
the first mm-hmm. flight, uh, similar to Henry Cavill's first flight there. Like I said, I hope even if we don't get more of these, there's still a lot of flashback stuff they can tell. And so uh, a lot of gaps they still have to fill in. They, you know, they jumped a lot of time and they kind of still give the highlight, but there are other stories they can tell in the future. And I hope they do that where maybe they, Lex Luthor comes in down the line and we can see these flashback to their first encounter with Lex Luthor, those kind of things. Uh, I hope they, I hope this becomes a regular thing. Yeah, me too. And also it was just cool to see Tyler and Betsy get a lot of screen time. They haven't had a ton for leads of the show. I mean, they probably get the most screen time, obviously, but it's more of an ensemble and the rest of the characters and actors are great and everything, but it's Superman and Lois and most excited to see those two. This has to be Hecklin's most screen time other than the pilot, which was longer. I'm sure, you know, I'd be shocked if it's not. He was in basically every scene for the first two thirds of the episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I don't think Morgan Edge didn't change any of his memories. These are all real memories of things that really happened. I think he was just hanging out, watching them and trying to figure stuff out. Right. Yeah. Creepily along yeah. for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like you said, I I'm sure there is a lot more that they could do. And I, I hope we get to see some of that. Yeah. I, I really want to see them with the kids the young, when they're younger yeah. uh, as they're growing up. We haven't seen, other than the football toss at the tire, we haven't seen anything between their birth and present day. So there's right. a lot of time to see what the boys were like when they were younger, when they were first adjusting to being parents and all that. As much as we like it, though, and as much as Clark likes it, we, we do have to leave <laughs> the past and come to the present. <clears throat> yeah, so if you want to make me dislike Talro more, have him interrupt my favorite episode so far so he can his jerky mcjerk face can show up and spout villain dialogue yeah he uh he doesn't come off super likable after this episode i was on the fence of him before but i I think i'm (laughs) i'm strong in the camp of probably don't like you could have got behind him when he wanted to take over right but now he's gone too far no so edge obviously he wants cal to surrender he's disgusted with him because he chose weakness he has human family how could you um but Edge, he has all this information. He's going to reveal his secret to the world unless Cal submits to him. I did like how Cal called him, basically called him a hypocrite, considering Edge has been, Tal has been undercover for 20 plus years building a business empire. Why does he need to buy the Daily Planet for his plan? Maybe that will be revealed, but I love how Cal called him out. Yeah, and he doesn't really have a good excuse for that. Uh, Well, he says, you know, that was strategy. Right. So yours is, yours is for sentimentality minus for strategy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Cal tells him that he spoke to their mother and that she still thinks there's good in him. I would find it hard. I, I don't think that he's going to have a redemption arc. It would it would be something to pretty something pretty crazy to try to pull off, but I, I don't see that happening. He seems to have a one track mind. Yeah. And speaking of doing things that are unforgivable, he destroys the crystal. So Jor-El is gone now. I, I don't know if there's going to be some way to bring him back. That that sucks because I was hoping to get a lot more with with Jor-El. We really haven't had a lot of time with him. A lot of times when we go to the fortress, we don't even see the hologram of him. It's just a disembodied voice. And I was, I was hoping he would be able to mentor Jordan some more. But it, it looks like, at least for right now, that's not possible. Yeah, hopefully we see more of Jor somehow in the future. But that was a jerk thing. Uh, also... I know a lot of people have compared this show to different things, Man of Steel, and I didn't really agree with that all the way. I mean, there's visual similarities, but some of it's just when you're doing Superman with the current technology, um, some things are going to look similar, and some of them are intentional that they made callbacks, but 
everything with Tal is basically Zod from Man of Steel so far, other than his background, and especially when it comes to destroying the Jor-El hologram. Yep. After saying, um, the dialogue is very similar. It's like uh, stuck in a thing, but he, you know, you stick it in a word thesaurus and uh, say it. But in Man of Steel, he says something to the effect of, "I'm not going to argue." Talking about genocide, I'm not going to argue its merits with a ghost. And yeah. here he says, Tal says something to the effect of, I'm not going to debate with a, what did he say? Memory or I forget what he says now. Um, like was, shadow or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, something like that. It was very similar. So I, I, at this point I have to assume they're leaning into those similarities, like that mm-hmm. they're so similar unless they're going to uh, tweak it some other way. So it is different, but I was very surprised how that aspect of it was so similar. Yeah. I very similar, but like you said, I, I don't know how they're going to, how much different they will obviously it's different but i I don't know what they're gonna do to make it very different so they fight and edge knocks cal out he's still he's still weakened uh i think he's just woken up so he's he's definitely not recovered yet and we get back to other people who are on this show uh yeah the cushings (laughs) lois is over there they know about the kryptonian stuff kyle knows about it but it seems like all the other subjects think there was just you know just run-of-the-mill mind control so nothing too weird Uh, yeah no alien stuff and kyle just he owns up to it completely apologizes for going to see edge behind lana's back and pulls lois aside and apologizes to her and he just straight up admits like i was wrong i was wrong the whole time about you and you're a good person so it was it was really cool i like kyle we've talked about how we're rooting for him he seems like he's trying and this at least for right now Seems like he's on the right path again. Yeah. Um, it was great for Kyle to own up. I love that him apologizing to Lois is a payoff pay for their back and forth going back to the pilot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool to see. And now the test is going to be, has Kyle really seen the light? I mean, obviously he has with Morgan Edge, but is he going to be able to um, be the person he needs to be outside of that? You know, is he still going to regress to alcohol and mm-hmm. to not always being there for his family? Or is this really a turning point for him? Yeah. So all the uh, adults are making up. The boys and Sarah are hanging out. And she thanks them for being honest about everything. Some good uh, traumatic irony there. And Sarah and Jordan kiss. And she doesn't want to be just friends anymore. So they are back together. Yay. I I don't have a ton of thoughts on the the teen romance stuff here. Yeah. Um, But I I always do like in these stories. Like that was some of my favorite stuff in Smallville is young person with powers having to hide their secret while they're in school so i just like that stuff at least yeah well it looks like we might get some more of that yeah hopefully <laughs> um no i don't i guess sarah and jordan make sense you know they, they've always had feelings for her for a while surprise sarah is so i know she's been through a traumatic experience but i'm surprised um she's willing to turn to jordan after being so upset with him with the whole music review thing yeah um, well she understands why now why he didn't that's true wasn't there that's good that's true that was explained last episode so that's fair yeah. that's a good point but i it did seem to me like they were setting up sarah and jonathan for a bit but i think he was just being a really nice person yeah i think he john hasn't wanted to get in the way and i don't think yeah i think there's a friendship there i'm cool with that uh, but lois and the boys go back to the farm and they hear some sonic boom or whatever whatever sound a uh, kryptonian makes when they're flying in and they're like oh dad's home and nope it's Tal, it's Morgan Edge, and he calls himself Uncle Morgan, which is interesting. <laughs> I He seems like the kind of person who would be so disgusted by having a human name that he wouldn't do it, so maybe he's just doing it sarcastically. 
that that is exactly what I was gonna say. Um, he seems disgusted with humanity, like you said. So referring to them by his Earth name just seems so beneath him because he's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what it was. I guess that's a fair justification for it. Otherwise, what's with the facade now? Obviously, has Lois written an article saying Morgan Edge is actually a Kryptonian and exposed him to the world? Or I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is he still like going in day to day running the smallville bank i don't know yeah i don't know and it, it's only been a few days i guess but i don't know has he made all of the daily planet board meetings <laughs> maybe not the last couple but these are the things we need to know maybe he's like zooming in and he's got like the custom background to make it look like he's in an office or something what's that symbol on your chest <laughs> mr edge uh, it's my it's a new band I like. So Jordan tries to use heat vision on Edge. Doesn't work well. Um, but he doesn't just kill them because Superman shows up. He's about to kill Lois and Superman shows up. He is not looking great. He looks like he took just about all the energy he had. And I think Tal is even impressed that he has made it there. Yeah. And I like I like that it, it's nice of Jordan to stand up, but I like that it showed he was no close to being able to yeah. get in a battle with a Kryptonian right now. Um, but Superman has showed up and he says he'll do whatever Edge asks. He just wants him to leave his family alone. So what do you think about that? Um, seeing Superman surrender to a villain is not something that is normally something I'd want to see. And it isn't here. I don't know. It's seeing him fold like a lawn chair, you mean? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what the alternative is because because he's so weakened and because Edge has the upper hand and he's going to kill him. I... I don't know if there was some way they could have stalled for long enough for Lane and the army to show up with their Kryptonian weapons to, to help out. But yeah, it's because there's so much time is spent on the really cool stuff of the flashbacks and everything. There isn't a whole lot of time left in this episode to, to develop it. So it does kind of seem like it all just happens really fast of seeing Edge tell Superman that he's going to surrender and then Superman surrendering maybe like two minutes later. Yeah, maybe this is me being selfish loving the first part of the episode but i would have been i almost feel like if this was revealed if you had a full episode set in flashbacks and then it was revealed at the end yeah. tal is tally there is paying attention listening in um then it could go from there maybe that would have been one way to do it but yeah um let's assume that there was no kryptonian or kryptonite weapons in the fortress that cal could have grabbed and he couldn't have gotten sam lane there in time like you said it just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> like, do you think he could have a backup plan, Superman? Or is he really just like, well, I'll, I'm sure, Mr. I want to destroy all of humanity. I'm sure you'll leave my family fine if I submit to you and into your brainwashing. Right. So maybe Cal has a plan and he is he's going into this knowingly. Um, I don't think he is, but we'll, we'll find out. It, it is. It's kind of weird, too, that like the army isn't there because... They know that Morgan Edge is still out there and is a big threat, and they know Superman is missing, and there's nobody stationed up at the farm to like make sure that Lois is okay. I thought that was a bit weird. Sure, they had covered up all of Smallville yeah. the last episode, including the Kemp farm, so they cleared out pretty quick. Um, yeah, that's all good points. So yeah, I don't know that all... This, this ending here, like you said, it does feel a little rushed, and I don't know that it... Questionable decisions from Superman aside, I don't know if narratively if it all meshes as well it's like mm -hmm. okay we need the episode to be ending at this point um so yeah i don't know that but either way what happened happened 
Yeah, so Superman has surrendered and Edge takes him to his fortress. It's in the desert because Superman's is in the ice and Tal likes hot stuff. So he's like, in the desert. Like the sun on my face. Right. <laughs> and we see a flashback of young Tal making his fortress with his crystal in this. So that's what we saw him at, at the last time. I, I was confused at the end of the last episode, but it makes sense now. Second Harry Potter reference this episode, if you count young Severus Snape playing young yes. Morgan Edge. Yes. Uh, and young, so young Morgan Edge is talking to his father's hologram and doesn't seem like a great father figure to me uh he trains him with pain i think is what he does not cool take this blast of pain you need yeah. to get used to it current day cal is in front of the, the same holo- hologram and they use the eradicator on him and he looks up with evil eyes who do they put into him who do you think is that what you think happened they... well because yeah I they know, put that, the that eradicator yeah because I think the first time I watched it through, I thought they were just hitting him with the same pain blast that they hit young Morgan with. But watching it again, they put the eradicator into the wall and then it looks exact. The visual effect looks exactly like the fire inside the, the little tanning booth thing that they put people in when they were using the eradicator. So, uh, yeah, it, oh, it looks like point. they put somebody into him. Maybe, maybe Tal's dad. It's his name Zeta. Yeah, Zeta. I mean, I would rather it be someone else. Yeah, but... Uh, Zod or I don't know somebody but that's a good point I didn't think of that is Jor-El in the Eradicator not that they just put him in there but is that a way that they could get him back in some form I have no idea how the Eradicator works yeah the Eradicator works in mysterious ways Uh, but yeah so Superman he's evil maybe his eyes look evil and (laughs) Lois calls Irons and says John it's happening just like you said I think Superman's been turned end of episode I mean Superman has to know him submitting to the eradicator yeah it's not good right right we're not mentioning other heroes on the show there's tal and cal versus the world i I would take the two kryptonians yeah that's the that's part of the i think of the thing that bothers me so much about like i know we just keep coming back to this like his decision to submit is he is knowingly putting himself who has the most power of any being on this planet into the hands of an evil person to be used for evil which obviously like you can't say like, you know, his family is about to be killed. So that cannot make a decision very easily. So what is the alternative? But it's just knowingly going into that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he knows that his strength of will, because he has talked to his mom about how it takes a long time, depending on how strong willed the person is for the Kryptonian from the Eradicator to take over. But I, I don't know how it works when you're putting a Kryptonian into a Kryptonian. That's probably uncharted territory. Need to do some more experiments. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's, I would guess that's how they're going to work it out. His will will overcome. He will not fully accept as host of whoever Tal put in him. That's a good point. Yeah. But it could get ugly in the meantime. Very ugly. And so I'm, I'm guessing Henry Irons will be back. John Henry Irons will be back in the next episode. Uh, yeah. Or soon. We've got four episodes left now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a break. It's going to be a couple episodes, a couple weeks off, and then it'll return July 13th. So. And then I'm guessing there's going to be another break at some point. The finale is not till middle of August. So they'll need two more weeks off after that. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd go straight through. Maybe they will. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, this is a bit of a tough episode to judge on the whole, just because it is, it's quite a story of extremes of like the first, like you said, two thirds being really, really kind of the best stuff that we've seen from the show. And then the end part seems a little tacked on and a little rushed. And I, I agree with, what you said of it would have been if they had had time 
amazing to see a full episode of nothing but flashbacks with maybe the stinger at the end being the fact that Tal has been listening or there the whole time and now knows the secrets and then have a, a longer fleshed out episode where he really breaks Superman down and there just really is no choice. So they, they had to get to this point for the story that they wanted to tell. I just I think I'm just getting hung up on how they got there. Yeah. I'm, I've kind of said for a while since we found out Morgan Edge was not really Morgan Edge. I'm kind of wait and see where this mm-hmm. goes. Um, so it might be, like I said, it might be really cool. They might have really great plans, plans for it. Uh, so I'm wait and see. I'm not sure how to judge all of the towel stuff because I'm not loving it. Um, mm-hmm. It could be cool. Like I said, some there's some neat stuff over there. But I'm curious how it all comes together. Whereas the flashback stuff, I'm just like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <I love this. laughs> so yeah, that is all we have for now. Uh, we will be getting into some comic book stuff, maybe, and the next episode preview if you don't want any spoilers. But thanks for listening. Okay, comic book stuff. Not really much. I guess we've talked about most of it. The Fortress, Perry, Ron, Jimmy, all mentioned. We're having roles in the show. Uh, Henry Miller, the Adam Man is who he is, the the villain, the Nazi guy, mm-hmm. Superman fought. This is one of the first super villains Superman had back in the 40s. It actually comes from the radio show, uh, 1946, I believe. So post-World War II, there is a German scientist, Der Teufel, which I believe means the devil. Uh, he creates an Adam man out of Henry Miller and Henry Miller poses at the daily planet for a while. And the story is different here, but he's actually injected with kryptonite in his veins and takes Superman out. Yeah. One of the first superpowered villains that, that Superman fought. Uh, there was Adam man appeared. There's an Adam man versus Superman serial in 1950 live action one different Adam man. Not exactly like that at all. Um, but kind of an obscure character outside of that other than was recently in superman smashes of the clan uh appeared so uh a pretty cool villain and a deep deep callback to one of the first superpowered ones yeah that's a nice nice pull to bring into this i i, I mean i don't think there's any chance we see any more of him so it's just nice to get that uh referenced from the books and the serial the old stuff <laughs> really only the second adapted villain the show's used i think yeah. after uh What's his face? Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. So uh, cool to see him. Uh, next episode, Through the Valley of Death, July 13th. What do yeah. you think of the uh, promo? Break in between. Irons is back for sure. He is talking to, to Lois, and he we see evil Cal from his planet blowing up Metropolis, and it says it took him seven minutes to wipe out Metropolis. Which honestly, that seems kind of long. I feel like he could probably do it faster. <laughs> Did he stop for lunch? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... Big reveal, it's David Ramsey. So we see we see Diggle. It looks like he's standing in the DOD temporary base that's in Smallville, maybe. Uh, I have no idea how he's narratively going to fit in. Um, but I like Diggle. I don't we don't know what his history with the Superman is and if he will just fit in with the military as a consultant or something like that. Maybe that could work. Yeah. Do you think we could be getting the origin of the alternate Earth Cal? Or the at least the background on what led to present day? I think we're definitely going to get more info about that. And then there's still, there's the nagging question in the back of my mind that the line about John Henry Irons on this earth died under mysterious circumstances Mm -hmm. six years ago. So I think there's going to be something with that. And maybe this would be the episode to find out some more uh, info about that. There's also a quick flash. It looks like the shot from the Man of Steel episode where Mm -hmm. Superman's red eyes over John Henry Irons and then Irons sees the 
the black suit. I don't know if they're going to bring that back in somehow or if that's just a reuse shot that they use for the promo because they don't have the effects for the episode ready yet. I don't know. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.